Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. The title of the message today is Why God Delays. So if you have your Bibles open, 1 Samuel 1, verse 4, let's read it together. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering... He would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. Verse 7, so it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that, that she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, that you desire to continue to teach us that we might understand your plans, your purposes in our lives. And so we do pray that you would just continue to teach us your ways, that we would obey them and walk in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, here in 1 Samuel, it deals with an interesting subject. Why does God sometimes delay answering prayers? And You know, I think uh, all of us, we want God to be patient with us, right? If you're struggling with some issue, anger or, you know, unforgiveness or something, you're like, Lord, be patient with me, whatever it is. And God is patient with us, but we're not always patient with God. When we pray, we want it done right now, right? I don't want to wait till next week. Uh, Sometimes people pray, I'll give you till next Friday, that's it. No, No month or week or year, right? As Americans, that's kind of how we think. We like things instant. I want you to answer me right now. But we need to understand that if you look at the history of God's work and his people and throughout the scriptures, we need to understand that there are reasons that God delays answering our prayers. And I think that's important to understand because all of you know that God answers our prayers in one of three ways. Yes, no, and wait. My wife told me the other day, she does not like no and wait, right? But there is a reason, right? And here in 1 Samuel, we see God delaying the answer to Hannah's prayer in order that he might accomplish a greater purpose than she could ever imagine. And I think that's important for us to understand, that we don't know what we don't know. And she didn't know what God was going to do. Now, Hannah had a lot of problems going on. You know, the first problem was that she was barren. And in her day, that was a cultural curse, right? It was, if you didn't have children, uh, you know, it was, it was legal grounds for divorce. If your wife didn't have children, you could divorce her. And so in verse 5, though, it says, but Hannah would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, and although the Lord had closed her womb, and I underline that, the Lord had closed her womb. In verse 6, for her rival, that was Penina, also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. Now, twice in these two verses, verses 5 and 6, uh, we're told that the Lord was the one who closed her womb. The Lord was the one who was not allowing her to have a child. And, uh, and I think that's something to, to note. And then secondly, uh, Hannah had another problem that seems worse to me, that her husband was a polygamist. Now, at this time, Israel was not following God's design. They were in rebellion to God, doing whatever they wanted. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what was wrong with Elkanah. I don't know very many men that can satisfy the emotional needs of just 
one wife, let alone try to two, right? I mean, you just think about that. And, uh, you know, you can imagine the problems that come with having two wives. Now, uh, I, I, it's just beyond my comprehension, but, uh, but it, that's where, where she was at, right? So she has this other wife, and she's tormenting her, teasing her, provoking her. And so in verse 2, it says uh, that her husband, he had two wives, and the name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And so you see this problem here. Hannah was grieved because she didn't have children. And, uh, you know, the husband, Elkanah, he loved Hannah uh, more, but uh, Hannah didn't have children. And so uh, this was a problem in those days. It was a big deal. I mean, now, it's hard for us to come right, because in our society now, you know, children, I don't know, they're not, they don't seem to have the same value as they used to, right? I mean, in those days, kids were great, right? It was very agricultural society. The more kids you had, the more workers you had, right? And, and uh, so it was a good thing. Uh, but she didn't have children. It's a cultural curse. She's all bummed out. And so her husband has some great insight for her. And so, uh, well, we know he loves her, though. I mean, uh, in verse 4, it says, And whenever time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion. So we see that he, he gives uh, Hannah double. For he loved Hannah, uh, although the Lord had closed her womb. So uh, he loved her, and he tried to, you know, console her, gives her double portion. But Penina, the other wife, would constantly torment Hannah. And, you know, she would probably say things to her like, you know why you don't have any children? Because God doesn't love you, and that's why you can't have children. And you probably have some secret sin, right? I mean, whatever. And she's just tormenting her, and it made Hannah's life depressing. So much so to the point where she wasn't eating and she was crying all the time. And so she's not eating, she's crying. And an important lesson here is that even though Hannah, everything seems to be against her, she didn't give up. And I think this is important. One of the most important lessons for us is never to give up when we pray and God delays answering our prayer. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Because some of us, we get discouraged if we pray and we say, okay, Lord, I'm giving you till next Friday, and then uh, that's it. I quit, right? And, and so uh, we, we need to realize that in the scriptures, quite often, God delayed prayers for years. Now, I don't know if you like to hear this, but, but many people in the Bible, years, and I was just thinking about my own life. You know, I prayed for years and years and years uh, for, you know, the, the right wife to marry, and years and years uh, before uh, you know, we started this church with just 10 people, and we prayed for years for a building, and years and years and years, and, and uh, you know, one day someone came up to me and said, you know what, the, the TV ministry is such a great blessing, so many people, you know, watch it on TV, a lot of folks who can't get out, can't drive, whatever, and I was thinking about it, and I told them, well, we prayed for eight years to be able to buy one camera to start, and, and, and people were like, you prayed for eight years to start, it, well, yeah, that's how it works in the kingdom of God. It's like, well, at least with me, I don't get anything e instantly, right? I mean, I want it right now. I mean, I'm just like all of you now, uh, but it doesn't work that way. And it didn't work that way for Hannah as well. In 1 Samuel 1.10, it says, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed and wept in anguish. And if that's not enough, she has a husband or another problem she has. Her husband is not a sympathetic, understanding husband. So uh, he didn't understand what was going on with her. So in verse 8, here's what he says to her. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to Hannah, Why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better than ten sons? <laughs> that, that's his cure. You got me, baby. I mean, it's like, what more could you possibly want? <laughs> now, uh, for men, that's like, well, what's wrong with that answer? <laughs> right? But here's the thing. 
Uh, that doesn't console her at all. And I think that quite often, you know, men and women are different, and uh, women have a much broader spectrum of emotion than men do, right? It's important for husbands to understand their wives, and, and the Bible tells us that to, to dwell with them with understanding. And that word understanding means uh, to know by investigation. So when I got married, I, I was just constantly asking my wife, what, what do you want from me? I, I, <laughs> and so I would write it down on a little sticky note and put it in my wallet. It's like, uh, you know, I don't understand you. Why, why do you like jewelry? Why do you cry? Why, I mean, all those things that, you know, but here's the thing. It, it's just a thing where husbands have to learn to grow in their understanding of their wives. What does Hannah do? I mean, she got all these things against her. She's being tormented uh, by this other wife. Her husband is very insensitive, and she can't have children. That's a curse in that day. And what does she do? Well, she does what we all should do, and a most powerful lesson for us, she brought her problems to the Lord, right? And she recognized, my husband ain't going to be able to do it. <laughs> I mean, and, and those of you who are married, you, you probably know that by now. But uh, in verse 10, it says, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Even though she was sad, even though she was bumming out, even though she was weeping, she came to the Lord and she prayed. And, you know, when we find ourselves in that kind of situation where we've been pressed beyond what we think we can endure, and it seems like nobody understands, and it's not getting resolved, what do we need to do? Quit. No, don't quit. You bring our problems to the Lord. That's what the Bible tells us to do. And that's the key ingredient. When you are in a place where Hannah's at, where things are difficult, and you pray, and nothing seems to be happening, you need to know that God loves you, and he's working behind the scenes, things that you have no idea what he's doing. And so the Bible tells us to bring our prayers to the Lord. In 1 Peter 5, 7, he tells us that we're to cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. I love that verse. 1 Peter 5, 7. If you're going through a hard time, you should write that down. Now that word uh, cares, it means anxieties, worries, right? Anything that would disrupt God's peace in your life. So you, you need to take your cares, the things that bum you out, the things that make you anxious, right? Whatever it is, you know, whether it's physical health or spiritual or relationships or finances, and you cast them. You say, Lord, here you go. This is the thing. And then you pray and you say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And, and we're going to see that that's where Hannah gets to the place where she she trust the Lord, and she continues to pray and say, Lord, here it is. Now, uh, you know, I think it's such a comforting thought to realize that when you're going through a difficult time, and you pray, and the prayers are being delayed, the answer is delayed, that the Lord cares about you, and he's working. And I think that's very important for us to note that the Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, 5, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what the circumstance look like, God will never leave you. God is always on your side. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has a great future planned for you. He has hope for your heart. To know that no matter what it looks like now, God has better things in store. He's working on your behalf. And, you know, uh, it, it was not obvious, you know, to, to Hannah, all these things, right? I mean, to her... Uh, this wasn't the first time she'd prayed. She'd been praying. She'd been praying. Y you know, it says in verse 7, and so it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord. So she'd been praying for years and years and years that God would give her a son. Now, I don't know how long you've prayed for anything, but sometimes it takes years, right? When you just think about, you know, the church here, our church family, it took years and years and years. You know, we started out with a little tiny church. We rented a building for a year. Then we moved to another building and rented that for two years. Then someone gave us money to buy a building. We were there for a couple years. Then we rented some other building for a couple years. And so it was years and years and years and years until finally, 
you know, I'd been praying for all those years, Lord, you're going to give us a building where we can have church at? And then God sent some, and I thought nothing's happening. And here's what I was thinking during all those years. We rented buildings. We didn't have any resources to buy a building, you know. And, and here's what I was thinking. Well, God, if you want me to go back to playing golf and water skiing, I'm good with that. You think this is how life's going to go? And, my, you know, it doesn't go the way that you think it ought to go. But here's the good news. God knows the future. And when you put your hope and trust in him, well, then it's going to work out, right? Because he loves you. And Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom of God, everything will be added unto you. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will